Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. And welcome everyone to this session 13, series four. It's the 7th of July, just in case you didn't know. And welcome to this Maternity and Midwifery Hour. It's lovely to see everybody. Um, my name's Sue MacDonald and I'm the curator for these hours as well as the Maternity and Midwifery Festival. So it's my pleasure to chair this evening, which is going to be, I know it's going to be fantastic. Tonight, we're going to be talking about nurturing and caring for the team. And it's a very important subject, and I'm really thrilled. I've got some fantastic speakers with us this, this evening, this afternoon. The sun's still up. Um, but we always, as, as, as every week we do, is ask each speaker for a moment of their week. We'd like to put them on the spot to start them off. So perhaps I could start with Jan Smith, sitting there quietly. Yeah, well, Your moment of the week. Yeah. <laughs> When Sue asked me to do the moment of the week, it definitely did feel like I was put on the spot. So I had <laughs> to think about it. And for me, it was, um, I've got a book coming out at the end of August on nurture maternity staff. And I got all of the edits in yesterday. And <laughs> um, so it's off now into the ether. And yeah, I feel so incredibly proud. Fantastic. Well, that's a fantastic well done, uh, moment. Oh. Fantastic. Thank you, Jan. That's lovely. How about Tina? Mine's slightly different. Uh, mine is that I didn't capsize out of my kayak <laughs> yesterday evening. <laughs> so I have recently, inspired by one of the posts on Midwives in Mind, um, tried something new. I'm on a beginner's course and I have been capsizing every time, um, got a few little injuries, wow. but all worth it, bruises of honour, but I didn't fall out of my kayak, kayak last night. Well, so, so is this a health warning that maybe after this session, people might want to take up kayaking? Yeah. <laughs> Better be cautious here. Okay. How about Cara? So mine is COVID related. Um, my oh, okay. family live in Switzerland, so I haven't seen them since February 2020. But on Tuesday, no, on Monday, my niece and nephew were 12 and 15, had the COVID vaccination, and I just feel it's one step closer for us to see them again. So it's a big step on Monday. Fantastic, and that's a lovely that's a lovely snippet of of a moment because that's happening to many people and it's a kind of moment of hope which is fantastic so thank you very much for sharing your moments I'm going to let you have a little rest before I pull you in to do your presentations um, those of you who are regular um, audience will know that these these sessions were designed really to make sure that midwives student midwives doulas maternity care support workers all the people who are involved in maternity care plus actually women and, and their families also dial in. Um, 
And this was a way to keep people connecting and also make sure they had some information and uh, advice over the period of time. And we've, they've been very popular, I think, because they're also recorded. Every single session is recorded so that if you miss anything or, for example, tonight you hear something, you think, oh, I really want my people at work to hear this. You can access this all from through Matflix. It's all kept. And then share is all free to, to, to use. And it, it's a fantastic resource. So any of, the, of you who are doing, I don't know, assignments for college, maybe, or university, maybe you might be doing a little revalidation activity. Have a look at the Mapflix um, resource because it is fantastic, a really good uh, source of information. Um, and I'm just also using this point of time just to wish everyone well whatever wherever they are at this time it's a, it's a difficult time we're unlocking a little bit people are anxious and scared and there are still people who are unwell or very sick and we send our love to them um, but also we need to kind of think about keeping ourselves and our families as safe as possible and I know people have been talking about this a lot on the media and all the newspapers and it's a difficult time and you're going to be getting a lot of, inf of, of questions from your family, your friends, anyone, because it always seems to me that midwives seem to be a little source of information. So we often get questions wherever you might be. Um, and also a big thank you to all the hospital services, the A&E departments, the high dependency units, the intensive care units, and of course, the maternity services who've just kept going throughout and have done some fantastic work throughout this last year and three months, four months, how it feels like forever. And also thank you to the vaccination centres, because I know a lot of midwives and a lot of people who are in the health world are contributing to those centres and making a difference in that way. Okay, and I get on to the news now. And the big news was the NICE induction guidelines consultation, which closed yesterday, um, which I know there's a bit of a petition out there because there is a section about um, be, uh, black and minority ethnic group women or black and brown women, women of colour being offered induction. And I know there's a lot of controversy and a lot of uncomfortableness with that. So do check out and I've, I've put the um, consultation on the resources page just check it out and give feedback on your view in your view it's a difficult time and we need to have our view on it also good a little good snippet it's the 73rd birthday of the NHS so hurrah for that that's a good good thing very very positive for, for us all I've got some homework for you and um, the ICN, the International Confederation of Midwives, uh, are asking all midwives to take part in a survey. This is also on the, the resources sheet. And this is called What Women Want, Midwives' Voices, Midwives' Demands. We're getting a bit stroppier now. Not unusual for midwives, actually. And the, the link is there. So do take part. I don't think it looks very hard to, to participate. Do take part and have a voice there. Um, and also the select committee, 
Safety and Maternity Services in England was published yesterday. I haven't read it. I've just had a quick look at the, the um, recommendations, but I would, again, that's on the list of resources and I would recommend it. It's 60, 69 odd pages, but if you look at the sort of key aspects like the conclusions, some of the evidence that went in, that, that is really important for us to know because this is determining how we are practicing as midwives and maternity care services. So do have a look. Of course, also in the news is the effect of stress and panic attacks. And, and I think we might lead on something like that a little bit later next series. There's also the new Cochrane Review on interventions for fear of childbirth, including tocophobia. And that's been led by Maeve O'Connell et al. And that's also on the resources sheet. And I think there's a little bit of football on this evening. So we have to finish on the dot of eight or we'll have... Um, people squeaking at us so that's it so without further ado the mental health and and well-being over this last year has come into sharp focus and we're looking this evening at ourselves looking after ourselves and our teams and we should have really been aware of this forever because if we don't look after ourselves we don't look after our colleagues how can we really look after women and, and babies and their families but I think what COVID is teaching us is the importance of mental health and well-being and more alert to the fact some of our colleagues might be stressing and might be having difficulties. And it's really important. So how can we really look after ourselves and our colleagues? And I'm really delighted. We have three fantastic speakers and we're going to start with Dr. Jan Smith who's a chartered psychologist and executive coach and director of Healthy You UK, also on your resources list. And do check this out, please, after the session. She's had experience in, in supporting people who've experienced trauma from road traffic accidents to birth trauma and other post-traumatic stress disorders. And she's recently published or it's just about to come out that she's just shared. She's finished all the bits and pieces that have to be polished. Um, the nurturing maternity staff, which is also on the resource list. So I'm so pleased to welcome you to this evening. Thank you so much for coming to be with us, Jan. And the screen is now yours. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, the challenges that some of the maternity staff are currently facing. And in the next series, um, Sue has kindly invited me to come back on to talk about ways that we can overcome those. So um, over the past 15 years, I've supported maternity staff in particular around um, addressing some of trauma, stress, burnout and moral injury. And so I think there's a huge amount of um, factors that impact on their mental health and well-being in the workplace. Um, Hannah Dallin and colleagues a few years ago done um, a study which looked at the role of fear in maternity and, and highlighted the top 10 things that um, midwives were afraid of coming into work. And I think this doesn't necessarily mean that you feel necessarily fearful. So you mightn't feel anxious, you mightn't feel fearful coming into work. Um, however, if there's a culture or there's messages around that um, things can go wrong or um, 
there's a lot of media on a subconscious level that can really play out in how we feel and how we behave. The pandemic, you know, um, I've been supporting a lot of maternity staff and at Make Birth Better, I led two research projects looking at the impact of the pandemic on midwives and also the impact of the pandemic on women and birth and people and their, their partners. And when I was sitting looking at both data sets, what was really apparent was, although there were very different experiences, actually, there was a lot of parallels. So um, women and birth and people were navigating a system in maternity often for the first time. Um, and understandably, the amount of anxiety and uncertainty that that brought for them. And equally, maternity staff and midwives were also navigating uh, um, a pandemic that they had never encountered before. Some were redeployed to other services. And what was very clear throughout that um, was the impact of some of them being traumatized, the effects of moral injury and moral distress was really, really affecting their mental health and well-being so much so that many of them shared that they wanted to um, leave their profession. Obviously, over the last few weeks in particular, um, maternity services have really been in the media. And um, for me, I am so passionate about maternity and not only supporting women and birthing people and their families, but also for me on the other side of that coin is staff. And although a massive driver is around um, ensuring that maternity services are safe, for me, it's ensuring maternity services are safe for everyone, those who work in it and those who access those services too. And we can't begin to address safety and maternity without addressing the impact of mental health, workplace cultures and organisation and the role of leadership. I'm not here with solutions. I guess I'm here just to give some of my experiences what I think um, are things that could be helpful. And feel free to take whatever you think might be useful in it. So on an organizational level, um, I guess there's a top down and a bottom up response. So it's not the sole responsibility of the individual maternity worker to manage their own mental health. There's also the organizational responsibility. And in that it's identifying ways on how the culture or some of the systemic issues within um, maternity services and the trust and organizations impact on staff and their mental well-being. So on a team level, um, I do a lots of stuff around um, how important it is to create psychological safety. For those of you who uh, may not um, be au fait with the term, psychological safety means that you're able to speak up, you're able to share ideas, you're able to um, 
make suggestions, give opinions um, without feeling that you are going to be punished in any way and that there is open, clear dialogue and that's irrespective of hierarchy. So for example, that a student midwife would feel very um, comfortable and encouraged, actively encouraged to perhaps give feedback on a consultant and how they have um, articulated something or behaved in certain ways. And I think this is really, really um, effective when hierarchies are flattened. So there is no hierarchy within the team. That, that sense of teamwork is, um, is across everyone. And I've seen that massively in pockets of maternity, I have to say, particularly throughout the pandemic. You know, it was incredibly heartwarming to see how teams, some teams came together for the first time, really supported one another and that sense of um, looking after one another. We're all in it together, that common humanity mm -hmm. um, and how psychological safety, ironically, was created for the first time because of the pandemic. This can happen. This is achievable completely. So on an individual level, um, so I talk a lot about how as individuals we can ensure that we manage our own well-being and our own mental health. And for me, um, I'm aware that I'm running through this. I could spend a, a long time talking on each of these. Um, for me, there's something about preparing students and junior staff to work in maternity. And what I mean by that is working in maternity is a really tough environment. Do you know, it's emotionally challenging, it's physically challenging, and personally, it can be really challenging as well. And although a huge focus is on um, aspects of pastoral um, education with um, students and junior staff, I think there's also something about preparing students and junior staff that what you've been trained in and how you might work could be two very different environments that actually they may not match. Um, and preparing them that at times there are going to be, um, you aren't going to be able to provide the care that you um, want to, that you're trained to, do you know, that aspect of the moral distress and moral injury. You are going to see things that are potentially traumatizing. And I think in that preparatory way, we support, it's like the forewarned, forearmed, do you know, that we support students and junior staff to know what they're going into and not in a scaremonger and disparaging way in a way of you know just like midwives are trained on a range of birth um, procedures this is also part of that training um, also recognizing symptoms of mental health um, not only in themselves, but also their colleagues. Um, everybody has a mental health status, the same way we have a physical health status. And at times throughout all of our lifetimes, we will experience 
um, mental ill health. And so um, it's helping and supporting staff to know uh, what things to look out for in themselves, what things to look out for in their colleagues. Um, utilizing the role of the PMAs. Um, massive uh, fan of PMAs. Um, I've just uh, finished in April, um, along with the team at Healthy U, uh, training 800 PMAs in um, psychological boost across England. It was the most um, humbling and challenging and um, really informative experience for me personally. I learned so much um, and that was really focused on um, how to prevent moral injury, how to address vicarious trauma in their roles, how to um, manage burnout um, compassion fatigue and it's not saying that you know these are all going to be have a massive impact they're all on a scale do you know and the things that we can put in place and those nurturing environments that midwives do incredible jobs of creating for women and birthing people can also be created for them as well um, and utilizing the role of the PMA is, is one way to do that. Um, expecting work to have an impact. You know, um, we all, I, I believe if we are empathically connected to our work and the relationships that we form and work, you know, either with colleagues or women and birth and people, that's going to have an impact, you know. Um, my own experience of um, personally of being around a midwives in my journey of maternity um, with my children is I totally felt loved by my midwife. That had to have an impact, you know, and everything went well. So I just, there's also something about what happens when perhaps care doesn't go as expected. Um, and supporting staff to have those conversations. And the last um, one is leadership. This is the linchpin that holds everything together. It is the, um, it's the thread that weaves everything in maternity, that if we don't have compassionate leadership, and I don't say compassionate leadership in terms of a soft way or a fluffy way. To be a compassionate leader is really tough, do you know, because you have to connect with something in yourself, your own vulnerability, um, to be able to empathize and understand and lead those people in um, your a your service and to do that while also navigating, I guess, the other uh, challenges that maternity services can bring um, is a huge challenge and also very rewarding. That's me, kept to time, boom. Wow. <laughs> An Irish person keeps time. That's why I have to set a timer. <laughs> I think that's fantastic because, as I said to 
to everyone earlier, it's, it's quite difficult because this hour, I think there's something different about Wednesday evening between seven and eight. I think it just goes faster than any other hour in the week. So well, thank you, Jan, and well done for keeping to that time. So I've been very strict. Now, if I can say to the audience, if you want a, to, to address a question to Jan, put it in now into the chat box and then it'll come through to me, which is why I'm looking over here. That's where the questions come in. And we'll do the questions after Tina and Cara have, have done their little double act because our next, our next two people, I have two people together and I'm delighted to welcome two wonderful midwives and they're a double act, but they're really representing a quadruple act which is rather delicious. So we have Dr. Tina South and Cara Davis, and they both come from Midwives in Mind, which is a, is a setup that some people will know about, but you're going to know about very soon. So just to say, Tina's a senior lecturer and lead midwife for education at the University of South Wales, big job. And she feels privileged to have been able to work outside the box in her career and to have had the opportunity to undertake primary research, which combined two of her passions in her PhD. And that was the lived experiences of childbearing midwives. Now I'm going to have to be careful. A hermeneutic phenomenological study. I'm sure that Tina could say it better than I. <laughs> and she's passionate about providing kind and compassionate care for families within maternity services in the NHS. And also this type, that this type of care is extended to midwifery colleagues and student midwives. She tweets on a regular basis under the Twitter handle at TinaSouth3 and is one quarter of midwives in mind. And you'll find her tweet, her, her, all her details also on the resources sheet that you really need. And Cara is a community midwife within near Anurin Bevan University Health Board and a prompt, mid, prompt Wales facilitator for community prompt. That could be interesting in just itself, I know. Mm -hmm. Her interest lies in continuity of care and well-being for families and staff. And she's currently training for the London Marathon, which will hopefully go ahead in October. So we've had kayaking and then marathon running. Excellent. And Cara is the one quarter of midwives in mind with Stacey Keane, Julia Roberts and Tina South. And Cara had the idea to develop program further using social media which starts off with an Instagram page. So welcome to Tina and Cara. And now the screen is yours. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely delighted um, to be here with you this evening. Cara and myself, we are just half of at Midwives in Mind. Um, and unfortunately, Stacey Keane and <coughs> Roberts couldn't be with us this evening. I think we would have just done a Midwives in Mind takeover. And we are <laughs> delighted to be following Jan. And very interestingly, Jan, we've been communicating over Midwives in Mind. So it's an absolute pleasure. And I feel there's a bit of symmetry. There's a lot of resonance to exactly what Jan has been saying. And is it probably the heart of how midwives and mine came to be in our passion and I'm just going to share how it all came about so yes we come as a four is our hashtag we come as a four um, <laughs> and you know we're very similarly minded but we all had in the story goes that in December 2020 um, 20 of midwives from across Wales um, and we were four of those 20 were absolutely privileged to be part of 
um, a leadership, a midwifery leadership development course, which is jointly run in partnership between the Royal College of Midwives in Wales and the Welsh Government. And the aim of that course, and it resonates with what Jan was saying, is to develop leaders and enable them to utilise new skills and knowledge to reach their full leadership uh, potential to improve services for women and families. So normally the course is run face to face. However, it was run virtually on four uh, over four separate days. And we as a team apart from Julie and I had previously met at a baby friendly initiative conference in Liverpool but the four of us and we and a part of our de development we've never actually been in one room at the same time this is all occurred over the platform of using Teams, WhatsApp um, and sending texts, phoning each other, FaceTime calls um, but if going back to the start, what happened was as part of this midwifery leadership development group programme, we've each been privileged to um, get a coach. And that's been a new thing. So we've had a coach and this coach has helped us um, between the days one and two to we had an idea. We had to have a proposal for a project. And, and through regular coaching conversations, we had to each... Uh, develop a project then we had to do a dragon's den style pitch to the group and um, so we ran it through and um, our, our colleague Stacey Keane her her idea was chosen and the three of us I think we think similarly I don't know it felt like a really fantastic blind date we've been put together but we get on so well and we're of a like mind. I don't know how they brought us together, but the more we've taught, the more we've developed. And, and, and this is our passion. Our passion is caring for you, caring for the carers, caring for you student midwives out there, you midwives out there, you maternity support workers out there. Anyone who's listening, we actually... It's that idea of well-being. Who is caring for you? And so Stacey had this wonderful idea um, initially, and we all worked on it um, through the platform of WhatsApp, Teams. We tried it all, and we had those times when we couldn't connect, didn't we? We couldn't get through, and we kept persevering, and we're trying to um, get together. Um, but we worked on... Um, posted well different ideas so there was Stacey's idea was um, thinking about staff well-being hydration so the importance of a hydration station actually getting in keeping um, midwives hydrated thinking about knocking on that door has someone had a drink has, has <clears throat> someone had a cup of tea remembering those basics because when you're busy caring for others sometimes you don't care for yourself at all Stacey had this wonderful idea as well of a walking group and set up a walking group. Um, also, we developed posters and each of us took the lead for those posters and um, th through a group love, um, Canva, we discovered Canva and, and one of us, Cara, became <laughs> the queen of Canva. She, Julia and I did use Canva, but it's, it, it was 
it was just embracing the, the idea of using Canva. I've so, never heard of it before. Yeah. So it transformed me. Transformed. And um, we thought about well-being. We thought about um, activities, sleep, the importance of sleep as, sleep as a member of staff, the importance of diet, the importance of perhaps taking mindfulness, and so we, we developed those ideas and, and initially those ideas were based in, in just one area. So Stacey's place of work, Kumtaf Morganog. What happened during the course of this development, we got to grow and know one another. We became a really supportive little family. And the more we got to know one another, we also recognised that in our personal lives, there was reasons perhaps why we were drawn to caring and our passion for caring. So Stacey Keane is a band six acute midwife and actually she was feeling disenchanted and, and, and she actually had witnessed her colleagues feeling disenchanted and struggling in practice. And this has come from the heart and undertaking this course was a way to help um, her fellow colleagues with those issues. So that was her place. And, and for all of you out there, sometimes we put on a face, we work, we work really hard, we're passionate about what we do. But behind that, we do have our own personal lives. And so Julie Roberts is a full time midwifery lecturer year one lead, personal tutor, link tutor, admissions lead uh, at Bangor University. But behind the scenes, she's also a carer for her sister and a mother providing round the clock uh, personal domestic, uh, personal and domestic cares. So the place I came from, um, Sue mentioned my PhD, which was about caring for the carers, the experiences of childbearing midwives. What came out of that research was that sometimes they felt like numbers and just numbers and staffing levels. But, and it was this idea of caring for them, who's caring for them. And sometimes pregnant midwives are forgotten when they're the other side because they're just left to get on with it. They're left, they get the special room, they get the private room, but they're just left to get on with the breastfeeding themselves. But they are women, you know, they have needs in their own right. Um, I didn't realize when I undertook this course um, what a profound few months I was going to have on this course. And this team have really supported me through um, my um, mother's um, terminal diagnosis, me caring for her and um, me actually being a, a midwife for her death. So at her death and caring for her. And this team have been with me. So, and I'm going to pass over to my wonderful Cara now. Okay, well, thank you, Sue, for inviting us today. You've been really honoured to be part of this this evening. I'm very uh, grateful to be here. So like many others, COVID-19, I found very difficult to deal with. Um, my husband was shielding following a kidney transplant. And I felt that my role as a community midwife was going to cause him harm when I was coming home from work. So I found the stress made me very unwell last year. And I took a period off work 
to sort of help myself. So while I was at home keeping Ben safe, I felt that I was letting my team down, which I found very difficult to deal with that. So when we began the leadership course, I felt really lucky to be put in a group where well-being was the focus. And it was a time when I was trying to rebuild my well-being. So as Tina said earlier, due to COVID, the leadership course was done virtually. So in the past, the delegates have had a day where they present the posters to the um, other delegates and the steer group as well. And however, because it was virtually, we weren't able to do that this year. We did it online, but it wasn't the same as normal. So I felt it was a shame to not get the opportunity to share our posters. And I suggested to the group, and it took me about five days to pluck up the courage to do that because I thought, are they going to think it's a silly idea? But I just put it to them asking, should we just set up a group where we can present our posters on an Instagram uh, page? But luckily for me, they were very um, keen on the idea and we started to develop that. So we developed the, the program and we, became, we started off as employee wellbeing, but we then came after the brainstorming session, we became midwives in mind. So as we had such a positive response on Instagram, uh, Tina developed a Twitter account, which is midwives in mind. And later on, we created a Facebook group. So social media has been a huge platform for us to reach out to maternity staff. And we've had messages off the general public as well, um, who have just feel that our posts are really positive. So I feel it has brought uh, the community together and the midwifery community at a time where it is a very difficult period for all of us. So the aim of our programme, Midwives in Mind, is to focus on self-care and show others the way in which you look after yourself and looking after others too. So we create daily posters. Um, as Tina said earlier, I use Canva a lot, so I sort of make daily posters. So my inspiration just comes at various points in the day. I'm often just writing quotes down. It may be my first thought in the morning or how I'm feeling in the evening. And a lot of my posts are a result of kind of interacting with others and how I kind of respond to that situation. So a lot of the posts that I've made have come from a conversation with somebody even that they may not realize that they've inspired that post so we also share ideas of making time for yourself and how to focus on positivity and setting goals and sort of setting small goals to to make progress in your life and, and most importantly it is that it's okay to open up if you are struggling and opening up to someone you feel safe with and that's okay and we you know we can help with that so our idea came about at an ideal time where it become, it's becoming increasingly recognised that midwives are suffering from burnout. We're working under pressure. We face an increase in demand. So there are staff shortages and working long hours without appropriate breaks. And this is the point where I feel the self-care is often forgotten about. And that can have a detrimental effect upon ourselves our colleagues, and then, as you said earlier, Sue, it does. It can have that detrimental effect on the families that we care for. Of a philosophy, it's something that you had mentioned, Sue. There's the, a nursing theorist called Gwen Sherwood who states, "We will not have nurturing and caring at the bedside if we fail to nurture and care for ourselves." And so often, it's perhaps seen as a badge of honour, not. Who's, who's working the longest? We, there's so much selflessness in midwifery care. You work over, 
you come in early, you're going home late. We love what we do. And as John said, we're empaths. I mean, how many, you know, you feel, how many of you who are listening today feel what, you feel the joy, you feel the sadness. Um, I used to, my husband used to say to me, why are you still worrying? Why are you ringing up at three o'clock in the morning to find out what's going on? It's because we care and we want to know. And we, we, I don't think we talk about caritas or love, love, but maybe at the heart of us, we love what we do. We are midwife and, and we are like that stick of rocket is through the core. I, I love mine. This is my midwife room. I love who I am and it's part of our identity. But in that identity, perhaps we take on a lot and we feel a lot and we don't perhaps look after ourselves or perhaps some people think it's, you know, taking that time for self-care is sometimes not seen as an, a good thing. And that's the darker side of midwifery practice. That actually, if you say no, I mean, it's really hard to say no. And part of our leadership course, where we, we all got given this fantastic key ring, by the way, we, we learned about parents, is sometimes, you know, to say no, there's nothing wrong with saying no. How many of you out there are yes people? Because that's what we do. We say yes, we work over, we don't mind, we love what we do. So it's that idea of balancing and and, and the, twi the Twitter, it, it was just a source of joy. And, you know, it was a source of joy in a period of a, a challenging period and the bouncing off one another. And actually we get, a lot out of it doing the doing running the midwives in mind and I hope it's showing to people out there that actually even though we work full-time we do things in our spare time that we love I mean this was a lot we, we enjoy what we do and we work as a team we um as I said we come as a four um so for the twitter account I wanted whoever's on the Twitter account, I do try and to interact with people. I want to show, but we, we didn't have our identities on there to begin because we are as a four, but we try and send little messages of appreciation to know that you are cared for, that you can come to us, you can feel welcome, you can have that psychological safety to say what you need to say. But how many of you sometimes, who says thank you to you? That, that's what I want to say. Who's saying thank you for all you're doing? Um, you know, and, and, and it's those times, you know, we have been very privileged to get some direct messages. Um, you know, that the reach of this social media platform, I mean, who, you know, engaging, we're getting midwives from Australia engaging with us, for example. You know, it, it, it's, it's become much bigger than what we originally started, which was one project. But what we recognized is that it was, that we felt that there was a need. Why just leave it in one place? Why not reach out? Um, we've got the passion. We want it to, you know, in, in the posts, we hope it comes across that we're caring, that we're interested. There's some really nice conversations that come and threads. Um, Cara's Canva and, and, and loves a Canva um, I sometimes get inspiration from flowers or pictures or animals and I try and 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 
it's a really nice outlet to be creative as well, to have that creativity. If we think about the art and science of midwifery and those posts and, but hopefully we're demonstrating um, who we are and there's nothing wrong with being caring and showing caring and having that compassionate leadership. I hope, you know, that we are trying to lead by example and hopefully for the would-be future midwives and maternity support workers, you know, it, and midwives I've ever, they can see that, you know, we, we actually practice what we preach, even though sometimes we practice what we preach because about um, exercise and decide to do kayaking and uh, don't do, do so well. But, you know, I've been inspired by the things that we're posting and I hope that whoever's listening is too. I shall say a big thank you to Tina and Cara and to Jan again. And that was, that's really interesting. It's really interesting to, because I'm thinking as you were talking, I was thinking you almost want a group like that, like you everywhere, lots of different groups, but of course you, you don't, not everybody would want to be doing, I'm going to have to learn about this Canva I hadn't heard oh, of this definitely. one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it, not <laughs> even, I mean, even Instagramming is beyond me. I can just, a tweet and Facebook is my limit. But it's it's been really interesting to kind of think about this. And for those of you who are watching, you might want to just try and dip your toe. If you haven't done it, been enrolled in Twitter or Facebook, this might be the time. But there might be some the side, not side effects, but negative effects of social media in that can I ask any of the three of you about negative social media in the roles that you've been doing have you found any of the trolls or nastiness or people who've been a little bit off about what you're doing no there's been nothing negative all been really positive so far and what's been lovely is we've had a lot of people share um, affirmations with us and especially on Facebook is more I find it's more interacting in that way and you, you you go on and you see that a number of members of the group have just added what they've seen today and it's lovely that they are sharing with us the same as what we are sharing with them and it's, it's a two-way thing and I really enjoy and seeing what people are sharing. Oh, fabulous yeah. well it sounds yeah. very positive I have got some questions coming through well done, audience. I've got, um, is, this is a comment for uh, Cara uh, from Susanna Bell. I hope I've pronounced that right, <laughs> Suzanne. I feel privileged to work alongside Cara. Ah, you're known. <laughs> <laughs> the work midwives and mind are doing is nothing but amazing. Really proud of you, Cara, oh. and well done. And Thank you, Sue. <laughs> Okay, now I've got a question here for, um, oh my goodness, I've got lots, lots and lots and lots. Okay, I've got Sus Susie Hardacre. Hi, Susie. Clinical Ooh. supervisors for midwives in Wales are driving compassionate leadership and psychological safety within multi-professional teams. They're key to supporting midwives to provide safe and effective care to women, pregnant people and their families comment okay thank you thank you for that i one. think that's thank yeah you. I, think I know you suzanne hardacre <laughs> <laughs> thank you susan yeah. fantastic yeah and then we've got uh, linda Mac McNamee. hi linda who says thank you 
In addition to preparing students and junior staff for the role of the midwife, what are your thoughts on how we can strengthen their emotional well-being? So if that's, I'm not sure, strengthen emotional well-being. Um, I don't know whether I can... Is that, is that a Jan question, maybe? I think so. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm any of us can jump in i'm sure we yes can comment on it um i guess for me it is um i guess talking about the whole range of first of all mental health difficulties issues that might present you know i'm very much a believer that despite the myths where we're told to leave our personal lives at the door we bring our whole selves to work mm. Um, and, you know, in that, it means that sometimes inevitably we're going to have complicated lives outside of work and work can be a place that is healthy and nourishing. And so in that, I think first it's helping them recognize what some of the mental health or difficulties are. It's mm -hmm. what resources are out there or ways to signpost to do that. And also... I'm also a massive, although it's great that um, we talk about people reaching out for support. I think there's a total other bit of the um, conversation missing, which is how we reach into others. Do you mm -hmm. know that if we all took a moment to reach into a colleague um, to show an act of kindness, you don't have to feel kind to be kind. You don't have mm. to love them to show love. Um, that those are ways that we could really support students. That's fabulous. Thank you. It's a really good in, point. In an iron, sorry. Yeah, in I, an iron Bevan where I'm working, we are in the process of setting up wellbeing sessions for maternity staff and it's going to be regular sessions and drop in. So I think that, that's a positive move forward for our trust. Mm, to have that, that opportunity for people to open up conversations about their well-being. I, yeah, and, and I'd like to step in. Um, Julie and I, in our other lives, so in our academic lives, we've um, interacted and we have been privileged to work on an all-Wales basis on the development of an all-Wales maternity practice assessment document. So um, we... There is an emphasis in that on um, emotional well-being of students and, and, and a grit to think of the psychological mm. nature and, and, and tactics they can use. Uh, uh, watch this space coming out in 2022, but it's again, it, there, it is an acknowledgement of, of mindfulness techniques, techniques that they can use. So there's a real focus. And the new midwifery um, standards for education, there is much more emphasis on, thank you. That's really the, <laughs> the standards. It, it, it is recognizing. So hopefully it's that recognition. And, and we need to, as well as the staff, but the, our, the student midwives, our future midwives, are our future colleagues. So yeah. it's it's really important. Yeah. I think it's important for students to embed self care into their practice. Mm. So important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's. I mean, I think what went through my mind was, I wonder if sometimes you don't ask someone how they are, is because you're holding on for grim death for yourself, and you think mm. if I stop. It might all just go. Just mm -hmm. worthy thinking. 
I think next question or a comment. I have a comment. Thank you, Linda, for that question. Uh, I have a comment for Jan. Uh, Sandra Piggott says, I'm a PMA in Lincolnshire. Jan, your sessions were great mm, that you did on psychological safety. We now have mandatory two-hour sessions called Work Afterthoughts, which mm. are evaluating really well at ULHT. So a bit of feedback for you, Jan. Well done. Thank you for that, Sandra. That's fantastic. And then I've got... Uh, Karen, who says, I hear midwives in the clinical area saying they don't feel confident to discuss any issues with those in the PMO role. Mm. Well, I hope that's in only one space. Crikey. Mm. That's, that sounds a bit worrying. OK, we've had uh, Susanna and another comment from Sheila Stewart-Brown. Thank you, Sheila. We need to care for midwives in all areas of midwifery practice. Who knew midwifery education takes over your life if you're not careful? <laughs> I experienced burnout after working pretty much six or seven days a week. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a nine to five job, is it? No. <laughs> and Karen says, do you think 13 hour shifts don't help? I personally don't think that continuity of care midwifery is family friendly for midwives, especially if they're being set up understaffed. I think the understaffed is probably the key thing there. But what do you think about 13-hour start, that they have 13-hour shifts? There's such a debate about the length of shifts and the idea, you know, it's good because then they're out of the way, you know, it's shortened space of time. When I, in a previous institution, when I worked there, um, there was a real concern for our student midwives after a shift mm -hmm. having to travel and having to stop in, in mm -hmm. a lay-by to sleep because they were mm -hmm. so tired. Mm. I mean, it's a big debate and I think it's, it, it's above... Can we come back another time to yeah, talk I'm, about this? We'll come that's back a really, That's a really big one. I mean... It's hard because I think some of the conversation they're here and it's difficult, but actually how, how good is it for well-being, you know, and if, you, if you're 13 hours, and I think from my primary research, what came out was after a 13 hour shift, you still may not get, if it's really busy, sometimes staff weren't getting the proper breaks still. And even your brain's though they're still going. Yeah. And it does affect, you know, so... No, that's grand. Thank you, Karen. That's a, a wicked question. We'll, we will return to that one, I think. And Joy Palmer, hi, Joy, says, could it be that midwives who choose to, an, in an ad hoc fashion, do that, I think agency, to do that to have control over their lives and their physical and mental health? That's a good question. That's a good, well, I think it's almost a comment. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Joy. You make us think. OK. Yeah. And then Sheila Stewart-Brown. Should we implement positive psychology approaches? For example, gratitude practices. What is after each shift, everyone pause to share three good things that happened each shift, even during the worst shift? I like that. What do you think? Um, <laughs> or ways to create gratitude. So... I massively promote a gratitude jar in teams. So everyone on each shift puts something that they're grateful for, as small or big as that is. Could be, I'm grateful I got to the toilet. 
as Carl was saying, <laughs> I'm grateful that I got hydrated. Um, mm. And um, at the end of the week, then everybody takes them out and reads them, you know, just randomly. We know the neurobiological impact that gratitude has on us. So it increases the dopamine and serotonin in us. So I'm all for positive psychology and gratitude and kindness. Yeah, sound, that sounds so good, actually, doesn't it? Oh, and Joe, Joe D'Agustin has suggested having another discussion about 12-hour shifts. We will return to that, but I enjoy <laughs> it. I mean, I was just wondering, because it seemed to me as you were talking, Jan, I was thinking one thing I don't know is, does do all maternity units have their own psychologist? I know where I was clinically linked one unit, we did have a psychologist who's fabulous because she was, she was working with us with things like bereavement, but also mental health well-being. But I'm not sure if that's every maternity unit. No. No. Okay. I think it's the minority, so. And there's not enough to go around. Mm. We need to clone you, Jan. <laughs> it's, there's I've incredible colleagues who are doing great yeah. work in this area. Yeah, I think, I think I'd think it would be a very good mm -hmm. thing to help us kind of work on these things like the gratitude mm -hmm. dish now if there was one little tool that you could use for a midwife tomorrow I'm going to start each of you with one little thing that you could suggest they do tomorrow to make them feel better wow mm -hmm. just one thing one little thing like, well at the end and the at the end of the shift well, it could be the end of the shift, or it might, might be as you go into work. Oh, I've set a difficult. I'm yeah. so sorry. Can I, <laughs> I just to ease the <laughs> of, of us all feeling under pressure. For me, it's creating micro moments. So creating okay. a micro moment if you have ten seconds that you do something. So that could be breathing in deeply exhaling as you're walking it could be humming to try and stimulate the vagus nerve um, so it's trying to create micro moments while you're doing your tasks but you need to set the intention to do it wow now this is that's a new one and that's that's psychology for you mm. how fantastic is that i'm <laughs> going to remember the micro moments well tina or cara i'd, I'd say yeah Think about someone who makes you smile, who makes you laugh. Just visualize that person. Who is that person that brightens your day? So that's oh, what fabulous. I would recommend. Should, should so, I go on, Cara? No, no you sorry, you carry on. No, no, you had something mm -hmm. in mind. You're about to speak. <laughs> I was going to say, um, start the day reading a positive affirmation. And end your day reading a positive affirmation. But also, I found it really good to be writing my own affirmations and for midwives to have a little go writing their own and then maybe doing a poster on Canva. Fabulous. Okay. <laughs> and, sh and sharing it with us. Well, I think this calls for some homework for our audience. I think anyone who's not on Twitter needs to get on there. Anyone not on Facebook, get on there. Anyone not on Instagram, oh, no, <laughs> get on there. <laughs> Because there's, there's some really good ideas and they're all accessible to you all. And it's worth trying because we all need to, we need to support each other. And when you hear about 
if you've heard about something today you think oh that would be really good in my unit try it out be brave and try it out not the kayaking i'm not saying you need to do that tomorrow you might want to do it and if you do enjoy and contact tina through twitter <laughs> to ask her advice i just want to say a huge huge thank you to our wonderful speakers who've been fantastic given us a lot to think about and what's been lovely is that a lot of it even though it's dealing with stress and and potentially difficulty it's been very positive i'm feeling quite upbeat and i need to go and find out about these canvases i think this sounds very interesting um Remember, the resources are going to be available and all of this will be available on Facebook on Friday. We are going to be taking a break from the maternity and midwifery hour, just in case you want to have a holiday. We're coming back in early September. Check out the maternity and midwifery festivals, September 15th, Wales, Wales and um, November the 23rd for Scotland. They will be at the moment all online. We, they might have extra hubs, but at the moment they're all online because we need to keep everyone safe and well. And I just want to say a big thank you to Matt Flix, again, our maternity experts, but also the Practicing Midwife Journal and all for maternity for their online resources and the support they give us also. Fantastic. I think there's a little sizzling offer on all four maternity unless i'm much mistook so do check their um, website out also on the resources list and finally a, another big thank you to our lovely speakers who've been fantastic as well as looking gorgeous mm -hmm. and i want to say a big thank you to you for joining us take care stay safe safe stay well and we'll see you in september thank you for joining us for the maternity and midwifery hour this podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk. This episode was edited and produced by Catherine Stewart of the Narrowcast Media Group.